Thank you for choosing Raising Foodies, the Babies podcast series launched in 2022. At Babies, we believe the weaning journey for your little ones should be fun and enjoyable to encourage them to have a positive relationship with food. We produce food for babies and our ingredients are 100% organic with no added salt, sugar or preservatives. Our range is veg-led with a variety of fantastic flavours. Available direct from our website or selected supermarkets. Hello and welcome to Raising Foodies, a podcast from babies and myself, Catherine Lipp, registered nutritionist and specialist in infant and early childhood nutrition. This podcast is here to provide you with evidence-based weaning advice and offer a helping hand to any parent who is embarking on the wonderful weaning journey. Hello and welcome to the next episode of our Raising Foodies podcast with me, Catherine Lipp, registered nutritionist and the company nutritionist for babies. In this episode, I'm going to talk to you all about what to do if your baby won't eat. So what should we do when weaning doesn't go to plan and your baby is very reluctant to accept solid foods? Now, first of all, I want to start by reassuring you that this is a very, very normal part of weaning and it's really not unusual for babies to get off to a very slow start with weaning or maybe they've enjoyed the first stages of weaning and they've got quite exploratory with those first tastes, but you hit a bit of a wall and at some point they just kind of lose interest. Um, and you're left feeling really disheartened because this weaning journey, this exciting exploration of foods you were really looking forward to um, and suddenly your baby is just not interested and it's not going according to plan which parenting very rarely goes to plan does it so um this is just another element of that um and actually what's important is just to take a little step back and what I'm going to do during this episode is talk to you about some of the reasons why your baby might be showing some reluctance around solid foods and we'll look at some of the solutions for overcoming that as well um but I I think what's important first of all is to take that step back and understand that all of this is a bit new a bit unfamiliar for your baby and actually learning to eat is one of the most complex skills we are trying to teach babies in their first year of life. It takes a lot of practice, a lot of coordination, everything is really new from the environment to the utensils that we're eating to the textures to the smells. You know even before we actually get to tasting the food there's all sorts of weird and wonderful sensory processes that your baby is having to to overcome. Um, so actually, I think it's really important to stop and recognise that and understand how challenging this weaning journey can be for babies for uh, from a sensory point of view. And hopefully, if nothing else, that gives you the reassurance that actually, you know, okay, they're finding this hard because it's all a bit overwhelming. And that's okay. That's to be expected. That's completely normal. And do you know what? We can just slow things down and take our time and allow your baby to guide the pace of weaning um so you know all babies are different um which I think I've said probably in every episode <laughs> where we've talked about different topics um and I know as a parent myself that it's really difficult not to compare 
our own children to peers. It can be really disheartening to see some babies really getting stuck into their food and guzzling down bowlfuls of solid food whilst your baby will barely touch a few mouthfuls. Um, And I understand how disheartening and frustrating that can leave you feeling. Um, But I do want to reassure you that this is very, very normal and there will be many babies out there who are like yours, who are showing signs of reluctance. They're really not adapting to the food or they you've hit a bit of a wall um, and that is all part of the journey as well. All babies have very different appetites um, and, you know, at, at this stage, babies are usually very good at feeding to appetite and meeting the demands of their own appetite and their own growth and we have to reassure ourselves that we can trust that process to to leave our babies in charge. So first of all I want to consider some of the reasons why um, your baby may be struggling to adapt to solid food and like I've said you know weaning is a massive learning curve it's not just the flavors that are unusual but it's all that equipment and the textures and that sensory input is it's a big obstacle for your baby um, to overcome so you know that can be part of it and we do really need to take time to appreciate how complex feeding skills are the coordination that your baby is having to do with their mouth and their tongue and their jaw and deal with the different textures in their mouth um, can feel really uncertain and really challenging for lots of babies so do you know take your time reassure your baby at each meal time um, and take things slowly Um, another reason why your baby may be um, reluctant to accept solid foods is because their appetite is actually changing all the time um, I think, you know, because as adults, we are sort of conformed into this idea that we should be eating three meals a day. And if we, for some reason, miss a meal, you know, we need to make up for it at the next meal. But with babies' appetites, and actually young children as well, their appetites don't usually work that way. Um, and their appetite will vary massively from day to day or even week to week and can be affected by many, many different things. So, um, you know, whether it's teething or illness or if they're too tired or they're having a bit of a developmental leap um, and they will all go through periods of um, rapid and slower growth at different times as well so usually what happens is their appetite will respond to those periods of growth and if your baby has um, gone through a period of rapid growth and their appetite has increased to satisfy those additional energy needs to support growth you'll find that they're eating more and more food I think as us as parents what we tend to think is okay great you know this is the portion now that they're eating they've suddenly increased the amount that they're eating so I'm going to increase the portions we're moving on to a bigger bowl and we expect the increase in the appetite to be linear and just to continue as they get older but that is not the case appetite is one of the most erratic things um, that your baby will um, change as they go through early childhood and it really is just responding to those those growth um, needs so whilst their appetite might have increased as they've gone through a period of rapid growth you may find a few weeks later it really slows down because they're going through a slower period of growth and their body is kind of saying yeah you know we're okay um we've got enough energy for today now we we did our growing last week uh we had a real burst and we got the energy that we needed and now actually we've settled back down again um and what we do know is that babies have a very clear communication pathway between their gut and their brain 
um, and their bodies are very clever um, and they know how much energy they need to support their growth demands for different periods. So, you know, if you think about a breastfed baby, we don't know how much milk they're drinking um, from the breast, but we trust babies um, to take the amount of milk that they need for each feed. So, you know, they they cry when they're hungry and we feed them um, and they stop when they're full and we don't continue to push them to take more and more and more. Usually we allow them, we put trust in them and we allow them to stop and come off the breast or come off the bottle when they are telling us that they're full. And we know full well that they will start crying again when they want more milk. And, and that's responsive feeding, really. We are responding to our baby's cues and signals and they can't talk to us yet. Um, but they are communicating with us very well saying I'm hungry I need some food I'm going to start crying we feed them and then when they're full they stop and they're content uh, and they're happy um, and they know that 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 gut and that communicate uh, that gut and that brain communication pathway has done its thing um you know the brain has said okay we're hungry now um we need to we need to signal for food and then when the tummy is full sends messages to the brain okay stop now we've had enough and they come off the breast or come off the bottle um and those responsive feeding approaches we want to apply the same sort of principles to solid food feeding the problem is we can see how much is going in um, and we want more variety and we want bigger portions. So we tend to encourage babies to override those internal cues, um, those sort of very intuitive feeding cues that our baby is showing us because we want them to eat more. But actually, that's not helpful. We want really to continue to put trust in our baby and allow them to decide how much food they need. Um, and actually, there's quite a useful, catchy saying that I, I often refer to with older children, actually, um, who I work with. But um, the, there's a really useful saying that says, you provide and they decide. So you are providing the food, whether that's solid food or milk or a combination of the two, and you're deciding what that solid food is and what that milk is. Um, but your baby decides how much, if any, they want to take of that food so you provide and they decide and that can be a really useful way just to continue with that responsive feeding approach um and you know babies will as i say the, this this communication pathway is very uh in tune very intuitive for for most healthy babies um and so if their appetite is reduced for a few weeks because of a slower period of growth or because of illness or teething or something else that might be putting their appetite off you can usually rest assured that they will make up for it when they're feeling better um, you know, quite often I will speak to parents who say, oh, you know, I'm really concerned because they haven't eaten hardly anything. Um, they've just been com comfort feeding on milk, but they won't take any solid food whilst they were having their cold. Um, you know, I'm really not sure how to get them to, to take more solid food. And actually, I speak to them a few weeks later when they're feeling better and they're fully recovered from the cold and their appetite has gone through the roof. And that's because they're making up for lost time basically um and you know that's their body naturally doing this thing where they're saying okay you know we didn't we didn't eat much last week because we weren't feeling like it or we were feeling a bit under the weather so now we've got some making up to do um and and that uh process is um is expertly in tune with your babies so we can put trust in them to to feed to appetite 
Um, so, you know, I, I want to mention that as part of this podcast, because I think, you know, it can be concerning when we're seeing such erratic changes in appetite. Um, but it's important to remember that that erraticness is very, very normal. And so, you know, remember that, remember, there's all sorts of things that can change your baby's appetite. And we really do need to just respond to that. Um, and also remember that they just need lots of reassurance, um, because this is a very overwhelming skill for them to learn. And it's a very complex skill that they are trying to get to grips with so they need time they need time to practice it Um, they need exposure they need reassurance they might need some role modeling and all of these things in time in the right environment are going to help your baby learn to master those skills so that's some of sort of you know the reasoning to think about as to why your baby might not be taking to solid food instantly or why they may have hit a little bit of a wall so you can consider some of those reasons in terms of solutions you know what should we do what can we do to help support your baby as they're going through this if they're finding it challenging um and if they're they're struggling a little bit with certain areas of that that weaning journey um number one i would say take it right back to the basics um, and we want to think about the mealtime environment before we even get focusing on, on the food itself. Think about the feeding environment um, where you're offering food to your baby and think about things like the seating position as well. Um, these things are really easy to overlook, but actually can make all the difference with supporting your baby. So in terms of the, the feeding environment, you want it to be quite calm. You want it to be quite consistent as well. So, you know, babies like familiarity, they like uh, routine. So if you have a particular chair, a high chair or a seating position or a place in the house or the kitchen where you feed your baby, try to be fairly consistent with that so that your baby knows what to expect and it's more or less consistent. Um most meal times if you can um, that familiarity will help them it's also important to try to remove distractions um, at meal times make sure that that eating environment is calm it's warm it's safe your baby feels kind of secure and supported so we don't really want to feed in a really busy environment where there's lots of people rushing around or um, you know where there's lots of other sensory input going on that could be distracting your baby all of that takes their concentration and their focus away from the food um, and that can impact their feeding skills so or it can impact how they respond to the food so try and think about having a, a nice calm environment for your baby to eat in with that seating position as well um, that's really important in providing again security and um, comfort to your baby at meal times but also a lot of stability so you want to make sure that your baby feels safe and secure and stable having the right seating position will help to improve concentration um, reduce fidgeting at meal times or sort of becoming distracted because they can't hold themselves in a steady upright position so a comfortable seat also means that they can have that that really um, good core control and postural um, stability so they won't get really tired trying to hold themselves in an upright position for eating um, 
It can also support your baby's ability to chew and to hold their utensils and also even just to see where their food is. So if you can place the food in front of them on the, on the high chair tray or on the table in front of them um, at a height where they're able to see it and they're able to easily get their hands out to reach those foods as well. These are really subtle things, but they can make all the difference and it can really kind of help to promote hand to mouth skills for feeding as well as that kind of safe, secure and stable environment. So in terms of your seating position, you want to aim for, and we talked a little bit about this um, in one of our earlier episodes where we talked about um, weaning equipment and what to look for in a high chair. Um, So you're very welcome to go back and listen to that episode again. But with the stable seating position, you want to look for um, a 90 degree angle at the hip at the knees and at the ankles. So your baby really needs some um, something hard and supportive to rest their feet on um, so that they can have that 90 degree angle at the ankle and also at the knees and also at the hips. You want the chair not to be too wide so that we don't um, risk them kind of leaning over to one side or slipping or slouching in the high chair. Um, Also kind of making sure for that 90 degree angle at the hip that their bottom doesn't kind of slide forward in the high chair, um, which often it can do if the high chairs are quite big and if it's a non-slip high chair. So you could use like a non-slip mat or something in the base of that high chair to make sure that they're sat towards the back of the high chair um, and we want to make sure that they're, they're seated comfortably at the correct height so they can easily get their their hands out and above the tray or above the table to reach that food. Sometimes the high chairs can be really low down compared to the height of perhaps our dining room table or our kitchen table and it can be really hard for the baby to sort of see the food the table's too high they perhaps can't even see what's in the bowl um and that's important to make sure that we're adjusting the height of the high chair or sitting them up on a cushion so that they feel that they're they're at the right kind of height and they can see and easily reach out and grab the food So that's the first thing is to think about um, that feeding environment and making sure that you have got that kind of safe and comfortable, secure environment for your baby to feed in. Um, So even before we look at anything else, take care of that feeding environment and the seating position so you can make sure your baby is feeling comfortable and secure and supported. The other thing to think about is routine. So think about your baby's kind of usual milk routine and when they would have their solid food meals as well. That kind of feeding routine is really important. Um, And, you know, sometimes it can just be a case of the fact that they are not hungry enough to accept the solid food because they've just had a big milk feed or you haven't left enough space between the milk feed and the solid food meal for them to generate enough appetite and interest in food so actually it can be a great idea to almost record your baby's usual milk feeding routine and when you have your solid foods mixed in amongst that milk feeding routine as well so you can see what is the gap between a milk feed and a solid food meal Um, and maybe it's just that there's not enough time between those two occasions for your baby to um, develop enough interest and appetite to want to accept the food um 
you know, of course, every baby is different, but I would generally say trying to allow around two hours between each feeding occasion um, would be about the right time for your baby to generate a little bit of appetite. Some babies may be able to go longer, so you could stretch them out a little bit further and see if that generates a bit more appetite and therefore interest in the food. What you don't want to do is leave it until your baby is so hungry that they are absolutely ravenous and they are kind of, they've got to the point where they're really crying for food. Um, at that stage, they're probably not going to be interested in sitting down in their high chair with new utensils and new textures and new flavours and smells um, and wanting to explore some solid food. So it's a bit of trial and error in kind of catching them at the right time when they've got some appetite and some interest in, in food, um, but not so that they're super hungry and they, they've kind of gone past the point of, of being able to sit calmly um, in, in that sort of relaxed and alert state that we need them to be in for accepting food so it takes a little bit of trial and error but it can be worth just again taking that step step back and analyzing um, your feeding routine to see have I left enough time between our previous milk feed and now this solid food meal that I'm trying to offer Um, and, and that can be another way of um, deciphering whether it's the appetite that could be holding your baby back from accepting the solid food Another thing to think about is um, trying to really create a very calm and no pressure approach to weaning. It can feel like a lot of weight on your shoulders as a parent to get your baby to eat, to get your baby to try these foods, to get the variety in there. And, you know, we've talked about it in various different episodes of this podcast, you know, the things we should be focusing on and key nutrients. And and there is pressure um, on us as parents um I feel it too to get our children to eat but actually what's really important to remember is that it's not our job to get our children to eat um what our job is is to provide the food um to make sure that the environment is correct to make sure that we're role modeling and we're exposing our baby to the right types of food but actually we need to put trust in the baby to um eat the food when they are ready to so we really do want to keep that mealtime environment light calm sociable fun um, and keep the pressure away and I know that that is a lot easier said than done but if we put pressure on our baby to try foods um, or to eat certain things when they're not comfortable to that pressure and that association um, between meal times and pressure and anxiety can backfire on us so although you know coercing them to take a few spoonfuls of food or doing the sort of you know quick fly in with the spoon whilst they're distracted and they've got their mouth open is not a way to build up your baby's trust at meal times um they're going to feel like you're coercing them and they're going to feel a lot of pressure to eat the foods and if they're not ready to that can take them by surprise um and it can mean that they start to get quite anxious at meal times and we don't want them to build that association that meal times cause anxiety um we want to keep keep meal times very light very sociable and enjoyable so that they want to come to the high chair and even if they're not accepting the food just yet um it can be a fun place to explore 
food. Um, so that's worth thinking about as well. And I know, as I say, it's easier said than done because we really do want to get our children to eat certain foods. And, you know, some parents may feel this more than others. If you are concerned about growth or you're concerned about nutrition, um, you know, if your baby isn't adapting well to solid food, it can feel really important to get those foods in but what's important for us to to understand again take that step back look at the bigger picture and say to yourself you know by me um pushing or coercing or um you know sweeping in there with the spoon when my baby's got their mouth open but they're you know they're not ready for it is that going to help in the long term so it's it's thinking about the long-term gain we want meal times to be enjoyable we want babies to trust us um we don't want them to kind of be anxious or um stressed or worried at meal times um, about having food forced upon them so that's something that's really important and not just for babies but the whole way through childhood as well so remember that your role is to provide the food but your baby's role is to decide whether they want to eat it or not okay so we can get the environment right and we can get the routine right and we can create this really comfortable relaxed sociable calm um mealtime environment for your baby and that's our role um and you know to expose your baby to the foods but it's up to your baby to decide as how much or if any food they want to eat at that time and this brings me nicely on to another point as well that we can work on um with uh, meal times and that's role modeling um now babies will learn a lot from watching other people um, and you might see this already you know even before they start weaning they might really pay attention to what you're doing at meal times or the foods that you're eating and they almost watch the food go from your your plate to your hand to your mouth um, and they might even start to copy that so they are really absorbing everything and role modeling at meal times can be a great way to reassure your baby if they are feeling a bit uncertain um, a bit anxious about this whole new sensory experience we can provide them with a lot of reassurance um, and a lot of feeding skills just by demonstrating what we want them to do with food so sitting down and eating with your baby whether you're eating the same foods or not doesn't matter so much at this age um, but just demonstrating what you do with food almost over exaggerating that kind of chewing action so they can really see what it is that you're doing with food um keep things light keep things enjoyable make eye contact with them make yummy noises show them how much you're enjoying these foods and that's a great way to reassure them if they are feeling um unsure about some of these foods um, the other thing is repeated exposure. Um, now, repeated exposure literally just means continuing to expose your baby to those foods that they're not willing to accept just yet many, many times over. Um, and there's lots of research that shows actually repeated exposure and role modelling are two of the most useful things we can do to support our child's feeding development. Um you know, the, the demonstrating through model, role modelling is really important, but that repeated exposure just makes the foods more familiar 
to your baby and you know we like what we know don't we and it's the same for babies so the more familiar they become with certain foods the more times we expose it and the more times we role model ourselves eating it the more likely your baby is to feel more comfortable around those foods to um, be willing eventually to touch and interact and explore those foods so the key thing is is don't give up and I know it can feel really disheartening and you might think oh you know I've tried avocado seven times now um and it's just just a waste I'm not going to give it again she clearly doesn't like it but actually if we stop offering it we've taken that exposure away and and how will they learn to enjoy it if we take the learning materials away um so we need to keep exposing keep exposing to small quantities and the benefit of doing small quantities is number one you don't waste so much food but number two it's not so overwhelming for your baby as well um but a lot of research shows that you know for babies during weaning age um we often need to expose them to food somewhere between 10 and 16 times before they'll actually interact or pick up or touch or taste that food so it really is worth persevering um, with offering these foods over and over again each time keeping it light keeping the pressure off and doing the role modeling um, to make sure that we are offering your baby lots of reassurance so that's the key things to focus on I think you know making sure we've got that mealtime environment correct keeping everything calm and light and sociable no pressure focusing on your baby's seating position to make sure that they're really secure and stable throughout the mealtime looking at baby's routine um, thinking about putting your baby in charge doing that very kind of responsive feeding behavior so um, reassure yourself that babies know their own appetite and that they will usually eat to satisfy their energy needs so if they're showing signs they've had enough we need to listen and respond to those cues and stop Um, if we push or coerce beyond that chances are we make them feel more anxious and uncertain around food so that's the key things to focus on Um, and you know overall remember that mealtimes are not just about what goes in and comes out the other end um we really need to kind of respect and recognize that feeding is a really complex process and the sensory exposure um the practice the exploration of food with all of their senses not just taste are really really important skills that we need to build on and you know often we need to start right at the bottom and allow babies just to tolerate having that food close to them before we move on to kind of maybe interacting with that food or touching the food or smelling the food and eventually taking tasting and eating but those final steps come at the very end of a really long sensory process to eating Um, and remember that all this while your baby is having to learn how to coordinate their mouth and their jaw and their tongue um, handle foods handle cutlery sit in a new environment Um, so there is a lot going on for your baby and I think that's really important to kind of always take a step back and and think about Um, it can take time with babies Um, and like I said try not to compare yourself to um, friends who have got babies or family members who have got babies I know it's really difficult but just focus on your baby's weaning journey and take it at their pace above all else keep things really calm um, and and non-pressured at mealtimes 
remember that milk still makes up a big part of your baby's diet. So whilst they are struggling with weaning or they've hit a wall with weaning, you can lean on that milk. You can rely on those milk feeds um, to provide the energy and the nutrients that your baby needs until they are ready to start accepting solid foods. And it will come in time, but for some babies, it does take a lot longer. Um, I should also say that if you are concerned about your baby's food intake, the best thing to do is to go and speak to a health professional. So speak to your GP um, or reach out to myself, um, a registered nutritionist with specialism in infant feeding um, or a paediatric dietitian or your health visitor if you want to. Um, reach out to somebody so that you can get a bit more individual support as well if that would be helpful. So I hope you have found this episode useful. Thank you so much for joining me. I know there's a lot to cover, so it was a bit of a lengthy one, but I think this is a really important topic to discuss um, and to offer you some advice and hopefully some reassurance as well. Um, Please do join us for the next episode of this podcast where I will be talking to you all about when to reduce milk feeds for your babies.